What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Okay. New talk show platform. Finally working. A-U-N, American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger lie, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not logged in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about their future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Comet Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Thanks, everyone. Welcome back. Every week we've been doing this for 11 and a half years. It just has a life of its own. We never know what's going to happen each week, but uh, we are always, uh, every week, thrilled to have new voices Uh, new stories, new spirits share uh, their life life in in the movement of of expanding freedom and liberty in our world. And uh, all of us got together uh, many, many years ago for for our guest's sake, uh, uh, Shell. Uh, We all rallied behind Dr. Ron Paul uh, in in a movement that uh, took us back to uh, documentary that we all gathered behind and volunteered for all across the world called America Freedom to Fascism by the late Aaron Russo, a Hollywood movie producer. This call grew out of that movement, which was uh, sort of like a self-grassroots, self-organizing, uh, totally decentralized all over the all over the country. 
and we got that documentary in 77 cities, theaters in 77 cities on YouTube, and and uh, uh, we didn't have social media back in those days, but we all just made it work. And um, a few months ago, this movement called Walk Away just appeared out of the blue in, in a very viral. Uh, natural and, and organic way that uh, really had the ring of truth and the ring of, of energy that was real. It was heartfelt. And, and the comments poured in off of Facebook and on YouTube and all across the internet, uh, Twitter. And uh, I viewed many of these videos and I, you know, I, I reached out to a few of the uh, people who did videos and uh, couldn't really track some and follow up, but, uh, Shell, Shell Watson is our guest tonight from Nashville. Uh, she was one of the individuals who submitted her walkaway story. And uh, she has a really clear voice that's very inclusive and, and non-threatening and very positive uh, about, uh, you know, the importance of, of conservatism being forefront and center uh, about the American way of life. And that should be positive. And not negative, and not racist, and not uh, you know all of the things they try to label uh, this movement with. It's really not, not nothing of the sort. And Shell uh, came from Texas and uh, is now in Nashville. She's a d- digital media marketing. And I just want to say thank you, Shell, for coming on the show tonight. Uh, we have touched briefly about Walk Away, but not in any detail on this call. So this is the first Walk Away presentation on this show and thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me i really look forward to talking to you guys more about some of these issues that we're facing right now you know shell you you go on the internet and you look at some of the uh twitter uh, responses to uh some of these things and 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 there is sometimes a, a really dark side to the the left uh, that uh, you really can't explain. And, and none of us, uh, it, it's, it's almost like we want to negate and turn upside down everything and balkanize everything and divide everything. And uh, walk away, Brandon Straka, for those who do, you don't know, uh, is the founder of this movement. He's uh, out of Nebraska, a gay individual uh, uh, who lives in New York City, Brandon Straka. And May 26, he came up with this walk away video and basically launched this thing, and it went totally viral. And uh, he's got a really clear voice, very, very positive, and he reached out across this huge divide. Uh, it's really like a vacuum that is now naturally filling up with people like Shell, and, uh, and I think many of the people on this call, we all kind of walked away uh, way back when, in support of Aaron Russo's documentary, America, Freedom of Fascism, in support of Dr. Ron Paul, the original Tea Party candidate, way back when. So, Joe, uh, it's just gratifying to see uh, people like you stand up and be so clear and so direct and so positive about the virtues of freedom and liberty and truth and transparency. What got you, uh, who shared Walk Away with you, and how did, how did you get connected with Brandon? And, and this thing, Shell? Um, well, I, I guess like a lot of other people, I sort of fell down the rabbit hole on YouTube. And um, it's something that's been in my life now for about a year. And it's just okay. changed my worldview completely. Um, so I sort of went down that rabbit hole a while ago and um, just sort of stayed on top of the issues. And when I saw this pop up, it just 
it struck me because when you watch Brandon Straka's video and all the things that he points out, he shines a light on something that I think is bothering everybody who's moderate and to the right, but no one's been able mm-hmm. to really vocalize it very well, and that is it's this sense of whether you're online in a comment section, watching a video, reading the New York Times, watching CNN, or whatever it may be. It's this smugness mixed with condensation, mixed with, um, for some reason, a um, this stake in the moral high ground. And it's very hard to make all of those plumb, but for some reason they have, um, some way that they have. Um, so they've no matter where you go, it's just this smugness of uh, mixed with such a vapid hatred for people that uh-huh. they don't even know and they couldn't even begin to understand and who they've just right off the bat just assumed the worst in. And I'm really trying to do everything I can to combat that in any way I can. And Br- Brandon is uh, a, a, a single gay, gay ge- gentleman and uh, he just really jumps across this divide and, and stands on his own ground. And, uh, uh, and he's like the antidote. Left, uh, you know, blue pill that uh, many people. Oh, absolutely. Have taken. I mean, uh, you, you said in your video that you went through a phase where you uh, had, had to had to confront this among your friends and, 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 and some of the networks, when you first got to Nashville, you said Nashville is, uh, contrary to what people think, is not a red city. It's, it's extremely progressively liberal. Yeah, it is. And, it's very, well, because people forget that Nashville has um, uh, over 10 universities in Nashville. I mean, we have Belmont, okay, Vanderbilt. Yeah. We have so many universities here in Nashville, so it really does turn us very blue. Um but, you know, the surrounding states and the rural areas try to combat that. I'm actually running for city council right now, and so I'm figuring that out the hard way. <laughs> but Oh, good um, for you. Wow. Yeah, trying to do what you can, but it, it's, a, it's a battle every single day. And it's unfortunately with the walkaway movement, I love what Brandon did. And unfortunately, it did have to be somebody from one of the protected classes on the left to speak up. Yeah. Because yep. no matter how uh, righteous we are in our facts or um, our yep. passion or convictions, it doesn't matter. You have to, they will only listen. The ears will only perk, and you will only not be dismissed as a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, transphobe, if you're from one of the protected classes. And since Brandon is a gay man, he he gave us that foothold to be able to stand a little higher above the shouting crowd and and let people see what it is that we're trying to say, and that it has nothing to do with racism or anything else. I think most of the walkaway people believe that um, that the American people evolve. And so this idea that mm-hmm. all of us or half of us are suddenly devolving um, past, mm-hmm. you know, before the civil rights movement, before all of this stuff, it's just, it's insulting to most Americans um, to be assumed as being any kind of, having any kind of hatred towards anybody. And so it, you know, and I think people are starting to wise up right now and they're seeing that a lot, most times um, it's sort of like the word anonymous sources, like don't listen to it. But like so most times when you hear those buzzwords of racist, racist, bigot, this, that people realize that there's, there's a message being hidden uh, because 
the people that it's always directed towards, it's usually the ideas that are being suppressed and not, you know, who they are as a person. So it's, it's a battle trying to get past that. But luckily Brandon did give us, like I said, that little soapbox to stand on so we could be seen a little bit easier. Shelly, Brandon mentioned in his video, uh, in some of the commentary, most videos of, of, of how this, this hit him, that he had a friend who used to be his babysitter who really was patient with him and because uh, he bought the whole you know hook, line, and sinker, Obama, and then Hillary, uh, and went all the way down the rabbit hole with them. And uh, But uh, Trump... The, the, the labeling of Trump as being racist, homophobic, and, and all of the above uh, is filled with evidence of examples where they have mischaracterized his, his presentations, his mannerisms, uh, editorialized in, in unfavorable ways. Oh, just videos. flat out lied. Just yeah. flat out lied. And, and the same thing, Ron DeSantis in Florida just this week just in, in the last day or so, his comment about monkeying around or monkeying the system up with social. See, but the, <laughs> those are actually God. hidden blessings for us. Those are blessings <laughs> for us because normal, intelligent, reasonable, rational people see things like that and they think, okay, wait a second. Like, I've been with you on some of this stuff, but that's just, a, I mean, come on. So whenever we get stuff like that, that's what put Trump in the White House. So. If yeah. they want to keep shooting themselves in the foot, they're more than willing, but, you know, it's just not going to happen. I think all of us are, are fed up. We just, are, are, we're going to flush this down the toilet because it just doesn't, it, it, there's nothing good about it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, I, they have this idea for some reason that we're going to become a socialist country and I just don't know where this is. I mean, I know where it's coming from. It's coming from the 96% Marxist university teachers in the United States. But um, yeah. at the same time, you just have to look at them and think, we are the house on the hill, you know? <laughs> like we, we are the house on the hill. And we've only become that because everybody wants to emulate what it is that we're doing. We have the best system of government, and it's given us all the things that everyone else in the world is desperate for. So you want to stop using the system that got us here? Why would you want to do that? I just don't get that. I don't understand it. I, I, I don't know. But luckily, most of the um, most of the stuff these kids are learning in university is fading out the more their paychecks grow. And I think that people, when they, especially with the gubernatorial debate that happened yesterday in New York. People hear two people arguing over not only reversing the tax cuts, but increasing them by almost two to threefold for the Amer average American family. And they oh think, well, yeah, your utopia sounds wonderful on paper, but now you're talking about taking everything that I have. So I'm starting to see why some people aren't for socialism. And so I say, let them talk about it. Let them really dive in and explore and do it on a broad stage because that's the only way people are going to start to really put two and two together. Shell, uh, none of us on this call uh, were hog wild and 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 jumped in with with uh, on the Trump train. I just want to let you know, but but we were were uh, supportive of the causes of liberty and freedom and truth. And I personally voted for Trump, 
but there are people that uh, think that uh, he is too corporate or too uh, too much of an insider to really be who he says he is. But his actions seem to indicate that he is an outlier. He's not one of the the established deep state actors. He is he is an outlier, and. Uh, there's something incredible going on in our country that is shaking things up, that is causing the walk away movement, for example, to, to bubble up. That's, you know, it's pretty amazing to think uh, hundreds of thousands of people are literally walking away from the Democratic Party. And yet uh, the mainstream media really doesn't cover it. Thank, thankfully, some of the alt-right media is covering it. Fox News is really going into some depth. But uh, there's been some pretty favorable balanced pieces about Brandon in the mainstream media that have covered his background. And uh, I have to give them some credit because I think this is starting to snowball. Do you feel like it is snowballing, Shelley? I don't know if it's snowballing so much as it is carefully constructed PR. Just the reason I say that is because there have been so many instances of people on the left, especially in these Antifa groups and these college protests that have video footage that they shouldn't have of them shutting down, like even yelling at Candace Owens and all the things that they do. They have so many videos now of them shutting down minority groups um, who don't agree with them politically, and it's not a good Mm -hmm. look. So I don't think that they can afford to take somebody like Brandon Straka, um, who's on a much larger stage, and do that to him on a larger stage because they don't want people to actually see um, my, minority groups being denigrated, and what you uh-huh. said a second ago about how some folks didn't, you know, felt like Trump was more of an insider or whatever. What I always tell people who say that is, would you rather have somebody sitting in the White House who has spent their entire life gambling with other people's money or gambling with their own? I would much rather have somebody sitting in the White House who spent their life gambling with their own money and having to deal with the consequences of their own actions than gambling with other people's and not having any, you know, not having to be accountable for your actions at all. So I just have to, I just had to interject that really quickly, but yes, to answer your previous question, I do think that it it may be snowballing a little bit, but I think it also has a lot to do with PR and you've got a lot of people in academia and journalism that are paying very, very close attention to their public image, especially with the socialism stuff rising. Now, this week, Brandon started a, a channel or an interview show on the Internet uh, that has him interviewing somebody. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, just do some Googling. But uh, Brandon did interview Diane, who was that friend that I told you about, who used to be his babysitter, who gave him a video and a few other links that, that opened his eyes about the lying, the cheating, and the stealing that was being done against Trump. Uh, on the mainstream media, and it really it really forced him to go down this rabbit hole that uh, he could then climbed out of to then create walkaways. Uh, and that's key, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I mean yeah, it, that's the, that's the key is that we have to be able to remain the I mean not to be blasphemous in any way, but politically speaking, we have to be fishers of men as well, and mm-hmm. that means that we have to remain calm and level-headed and not resort to the petty tactics that the other side uses, even though it's incredibly frustrating and difficult. But 
yeah, what he says about her is absolutely true. That's that's how he got one over in the first place. And you know, what was the what's the song lyric used to say? Is there anybody who ever changed their mind from the paint on a sign? I mean, we just you can't shove your belief down someone's throat and accept them to thank you for the meal. So that's all I can think of is just to let let the other side continue screaming and flapping their wings and going nuts until reasonable yeah. people get tired of hearing it and go looking for answers elsewhere, where we should be patiently waiting with facts and reason and no hate. Yeah, the, the, the metaphor that I've used on this call, Shell, before is um, uh, a lot of us, unbeknownst to our understanding originally, we grew up in, in a dark these dark caves where light was, was uh, flickered uh, conditionally at us, either lasers or flashlights or candles. Somebody was forcing some, some light in our noses against a dark backdrop in a cave. And that can be very threatening when somebody comes to you you know, waving a flashlight in a dark cave. and But somewhere along the line, uh, people like Brandon and, and others, they found that there was a crack in the cave and there was light that didn't move. It was, that was, uh, it was still. And they found the crack and they found the door and they exited the cave into this beautiful new world where the sun shines on everyone. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. go up and down, off and left and right. And when one person leaves the dark cave, uh, he's not going to go back in the cave and, and start berating the people inside there. He's going to say, come on, let's go. <laughs> it's nice out here. And, mm-hmm. and be fun and friendly and open. You want to encourage uh, a natural progression uh, to eliminate the dark, opaque backdrop of fear and division in our world and encourage the backdrop of light and truth and faith and music and song and spiritual, true Christian spirituality or true spirituality as, as an individual uh, who wants to help and serve others. So it, it's uh, it's not something we need to, to you know, point the finger yeah, I mean, the accusatory. Absolutely. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, we have the hardest um, job, and the reason for that is that we're, we're trying, what we're selling is reality. And what the other side is selling is utopia. And so it's very hard to argue with that because especially with people who are younger, and I say that as a millennial person, it's very difficult to, but but that's what we have to do. I mean, eventually we have to get to the point where we can tell people, especially younger people, that, hey, look, there are certain problems in this life, in this world, that will never be solved. People are going to die. Your hearts are going to get broken. There's going to be sickness. People are going to hate people for no reason. There's going to be war. There's going to be religious conflict. You're just not going to solve it. It's not going to go away. So you just have to learn how to deal with it, cope, and think about things in the most healthy way possible. And it's very hard. That message is very hard. The conservative message, anyway, is difficult Mm -hmm. when compared to a utopian ideal of everyone's going to love each other and it's going to be this and that and wonderful. Meanwhile, all the people pushing that agenda are typing in expletives in Twitter every five seconds at every person they can find. So that should be, people should be able to read Twitter from just people on the left and be able to tell themselves that utopia is probably never going to happen because the people who believe it in the most can't even bring themselves to be 
Christ-like, I guess is the best way to put it. They can't bring themselves to be utopian. So it's just, it's just this strange thing that we're dealing with right now. And it's so cyclical. Every, you know, it seems like every century, this idea comes around that we could fix everything all at once in one generation and it'll be wonderful and we'll all work together and it'll be great. And it's the tragedy of the commons from the, from when we first landed in this country in the first place over and over again, when people aren't personally responsible for themselves and their own families and their own property and they rely on the group, everyone suffers because everyone assumes that everyone else is going to be doing the work for them. So we just have to get to a point where we can get that message across in a clear, concise way, but it also have a hopeful connotation to it and not be such a downer. (laughs) But I feel like that's the truth of what we're facing, especially when it comes to people 25 and under. Shell, uh, in the in the backdrop of this, uh, if you go back uh, last last fall, for example, um, right 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 before the Me Too movement exploded, uh, uh, you had uh, an unbeknownst part of our world. You know, the abuse of children sexually psychologically and everything else has gone on for centuries. And uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, there are those who've done a lot of research and connected the dots to uh, points of power in politics and corporations and political systems as being somehow connected uh, where, where people truly in power have to have someone uh, at, the be, at the behest of, 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 of blackmail uh, with things like this, for example, Speaker of the House, former Speaker of the House, Dennis Hastert, uh, was a pedophile you know, for years and years as a wrestler. As a high school uh, wrestling coach here in Illinois, he rose to power to become Speaker of the House. Uh, the Me Too movement has opened Pandora's box about the seamy side of this thing, and more and more voices are coming out to uh, to talk about this aspect of our world. Uh, as As a uh, millennial female, uh, you know, observing the Me Too movement, uh, we are now faced with the Catholic Church scandals that are going on this summer. Is this mm-hmm. an extension of this whole uh, world being turned upside down, Shell, Shelley, uh, Shell? Or w- w- is this, because I, I almost feel like it's a spiritual well, yeah. awakening that's going on. Yeah, it's... um. People, well, I, I honestly think that a lot of this stuff, we're dealing with a lot of the things we're dealing with now because people are trying to weaponize things. Uh, I think that okay. we are not in a place right now where people are brave enough or confident enough to actually pick up arms and clash and fight. So people are weaponizing their past with maybe an encounter mm-hmm. they've had with people. People are weaponizing the truth. Um, to try to take people down. People are trying to weaponize opinions to try to boycott, ruin people's lives. Um, So there's a lot of different things going on here. But in regards to the Me Too movement, just as a female, I have to say that I don't subscribe to the feminist movement. I did. I subscribe to first place feminism. But once we got the right to vote and the right to when we were legally equal, then my complaints ceased. So I don't agree with a lot of what's going on with the Me Too movement just because I'm sure. 
I was raised to believe that you stand up for yourself and your own. And so I believe that if a man is inappropriate or crosses the line with a woman, it's on her. It's a burden is on her to speak up for herself, use her own voice and say, Hey, don't do that again. And I honestly think that we live in a society today where if you, if they even entertained the idea of negatively punishing you for that, for standing up for yourself, their career would be gone. So I really don't think that this is such a huge issue as we're seeing, especially when the women that are spearheading the movement in Hollywood were doing that exact thing this entire time. They, they just weren't saying anything about it. So I don't understand why the rest of women have to all of a sudden, I I just, I've never personally been held down by a man uh, professionally or personally. I've never, I feel like I've experienced nothing but benefits for being a female. I've been given sure. opportunity and an ear and mentorship and wonderful things. So, uh, but I do want to say real quick, just in regards to the Catholic church, um, sure. there's just, it doesn't matter. I'm a Christian woman. I believe in, uh-huh. I believe in Christ. I do. I believe in the gospel, but um, we really have to be careful about the aspects of our faith that are man-made. And Uh we have to remember what Jesus said about the Pharisees. And he was very explicit about the Pharisees. And he talked about them a lot because he wanted us to see what an example was of people who made their entire identity about something moral when all their actions weren't. Um, He wanted us to see that example because he knew, he knew that it's cyclical. It's going to happen again and again, whether it's his, his truth or anyone else's. So when I look at the Catholic Church, I see sin, and I see greed and selfishness in not wanting to say what you had done. You, they were trying to hide what they had done. They didn't want sure. people to know. They didn't want it to be a scandal. And that's selfishness, and that's putting your that's putting your well-being above the message of Christ, which he would never condone and never be okay with. He was very clear on what how he felt about the children. It was very, very clear on how we were supposed to take care of them. And so when I see all of the left standing up for the Me Too women, but not so much on the other side, I'm not surprised at all. Because how can you expect a group of people who murders millions of babies a year to care about other children, especially under the roof of church? So my opinion is a little varied on all of those issues, but they sort of have a, a certain theme, which is, um, you know, stand up for yourself, take your take responsibility for yourself, and when it comes to faith, remember what Jesus said. He was very clear, and it's very easy to look at examples in our lives and see the aspects of the Pharisees in our own faith, and we have to make sure that we don't get fooled by all of the robes and the words and the swinging and the smoke, and remember why he came in the first place and died, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, you've got a great... Uh... For presentation, for clarity, and and for uh, you know the spirit of your your spirit really shines in, in a very clear way. I think you'll do just fine in City Hall. <laughs> whatever, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, it's it's very very uh, very refreshing how you present. So, uh, well, let, let me. Well, thanks let me, for letting me ramble. <laughs> no, no, no problem. This this uh, this this is an opportunity. You know, normally. We, we could drag drag this out, but I think it's it's short, it's sweet, it's direct, and I like to keep it that way. Your presentation sure. tonight, uh, 
why don't we open it up for comments and questions. Anybody out there, uh, feel free to uh, ask Shell a question about walk away or, or just interact, pose a question, whatever you want. Feel free. Anybody out there, just star six your phone or on TalkShoe, feel free. Um, yeah, I'll make a comment. Hi, this is this is Dee Dee again, Shell. Um, I, I was just going to say I I've, I've been having to pull myself back a little bit because I I realized that not everyone thinks they have time to really understand uh, about what it is to to live in America and what it is to be an American and how how the rule of law and all the okay. things that we've gone through, they're so used to losing and being lied to and being manipulated and not feeling like they really had time to to care enough. You know, in school, we, we didn't learn to honor all these things like the, I mean, we were taught Declaration of Independence and mm-hmm. all these things, but it wasn't something that was taught in a way that the spirit of it would come through and, and rest in the hearts of, of the students. You know, it was intentionally not taught like that. And uh, I find myself, uh, my chiropractor the other day, she's a Korean woman, but she's, she's, from, she's born in Canada. Her parents are Korean. And she said, oh, you know, I'm not into politics. I'm not into politics, you know. And, and finally, I just got so tired of hearing that. I said, listen, you're an American citizen. You know, if you're, if you're not going to care about what America is in the American way, you're better. I wasn't talking to her specifically, but she got me going. I said, you know, you might as well live somewhere else because you're either in this in America or you're not, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're either the land of the free and the brave and you care enough about being that and what it means and how it, we're, we're, we were very close to losing it forevermore. I've been watching, I'm 70. So I've been watching it for a lot of decades and, I voted for Trump right away because I knew that he was, a, for one thing, a great business person. And this is what we needed in our country in so many areas and so many things about him. I do admire and respect, but I also listen deeply. I, I have the time in my life right now, at least for a short period where I can, you know, watch the speeches and follow the cabinet meetings and the press conferences and, and do enough research to get a really satisfied about any particular subject that people are so darn upset about. You know, and I think it is a it is a cultural inhibition, basically what we're dealing with. You know, it's not just the younger people. It it, it comes for, it's coming from every group of age group. Once in a great while, I'll meet someone. I met someone in Barnes and Noble the other day, and I was standing there with two pro-Trump books. I was checking out, looking at them. She was standing there with two negative Trump books, and I said, wow, I I didn't realize how many books there were out to the to the. You should have told her. I'll give you one of mine if you give me one of yours. (laughs) Well, it was really interesting because I actually got to have a very intelligent conversation with this woman. She was very respectful, and it was so rare on the subject. And I told her about Avid and how they run the script for all of the mainstream media. She told me about something called St. Clair, and we both agreed to check it out. And we talked about some of the things that we had in common, like uh, gemstones and rocks and health. And and our conversation was very refreshing. She was probably 20 years younger than me, but I found that to be a rare conversation. And in the end, uh, we actually, she listened to me. She actually listened to me, and and I I told her the reasons why I was flummoxed by the the anti-Trump mentality. 
And when we walked away, we felt like we could really be good friends. And we never had an argument. She never interrupted anything I was trying to say, and I did the same for her. And we both ended up putting our books back on the shelf on these separate areas, me on the pro-Trump, her on the and I wasn't going to buy my books anyway, although I just did just read Roger Stone's book, The Making of a President. But she very graciously, she said, well, I don't think I'm going to get these books. And she put them back on the shelf. <laughs> and I thought that's well, got to be the you best know, outcome. I always, try to, I always try to tell people that, you know, when you have a conversation with somebody on the other side, ask them, can you tell me three Obama quotes? Because nobody can. <laughs> And then yeah. ask them, can you tell me three Trump quotes, which they can, because they can tell you a lot of things that he said. And then you ask them, now tell me three of Trump's policies. And they can't usually even name one. So that's when I try to remind them that maybe you should pay a little more attention. It's like they, some people have been saying, uh, the people who support Trump, they take him uh, seriously, but not literally. And the people who hate Trump take him literally, but not seriously. So... <laughs> You know, try, it's like you have to just quit. Nobody ever paid attention to the words that Obama was saying inside of the Oval Office every single day and reporting on it. This is only on this president. So it's important to remember, you know, and and not only that, but the minute that, it's like I said in my walkaway video, the minute that Trump stopped saying things that bother you, that's when you have to start wondering. That's when you're not getting the truth because that's when he's censoring himself or he's listening to people who are around him. So, you know, if, if people really want what they say they've wanted since I was a child, which is transparency and a president, then they're going to get the good along with the bad. That's the only way to know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yep. I don't know if you've seen the Trump, the, the Trump tweet decodes, uh, at all, uh, which is a real treat. It's about 45 minutes every other day or so. Uh, uh, Douglas Gabriel decodes. He's a former NSA decoder, was well known all around the world for his, some of his work when he was back in that genre, which he's not anymore. But boy, if people could understand when when Trump says something, he knows they're going to be decoded. And um, it's it's refreshing to hear the the lengthy decode on what they think he's actually meaning to say. It's very educational, and it mm-hmm. uh, it's very detailed and very clear and very inspiring. It's all based on fact, and I think it's important. I try to encourage people, at least if you want to see, listen to these, you know, because you'll see a little bit more about what he means when he says what he's saying instead of interpreting it at all from a mainstream media point of view. It's very negative, sure. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's a great point. Anybody else? Thank you, Dee. Yeah, well, I'm like I'm like I'm like to speak to South Jordan. I'm in I'm in Washington D.C. Oh, hi. Uh, how are you? Good. How are you? Um, good. Doing well. One of the things that most people don't understand about Donald Trump is that he's not a politician. He's not a lawyer. He's a New York City builder. And exactly. If you, if, if you know anything about New York City builders, I was raised by a New York City builder in the same, exactly the same business as Donald Trump was in. In fact, my father put up, up with the World Trade Center, the first one. And you know what he's trying to do is build a building. He doesn't really care in particular about what people are saying about him or even to him. He's become more sensitive lately, but he's really interested about building the building. 
rather than anything else. That's what is driving forces to trying to rebuild the country. I think that Fred mm-hmm. said it best a moment ago that most of the people on this line are not pro-Trump for his personality. In fact, I find Trump to be, you know, clumsy and sometimes does some pretty stupid things. But the fact of the matter is he's a billionaire who didn't need the job. He didn't, doesn't need all this aggravation, but he stands and he takes it anyway. Um, and I've been subject to living in Massachusetts, Connecticut. I was raised in New York, and I live in Maryland. You can vote any way you want here as long as it's Democrat. And mm-hmm. the, the thing of it is, the thing of it is, is that you can't have a conversation here with people without getting into a fight. You can't say anything. In fact, I, I, went, I did some work for a running Democrat two times in a row. The guy's man's name is David Trump. He owns something called Total Wine and more. He has 150 stores in the country. He claims himself to be a progressive Democrat. But in order to get his nomination, he spent $15 million, $17 million of his own money the first time around two years ago and lost the nomination. This time he spent $12 million and won the nomination. So he's got more than $25 million into the system, and he claims himself to be a progressive Democrat, and he owns 150 stores. How in God's name can you be a progressive Democrat and be that way? And now the poor man has contracted cancer, and he's still going to be running for a congressional seat uh, for a guy here. The question is, how do you get to somebody like that that seems to be incredibly good in his business life but is diluted? in the way he handled his, uh, his political life. What do you say to someone like David? Well, um, I say, <laughs> well, I might have a little interesting take on this, but, you know, people said that a lot about him when he was running was, you know, he's an outsider. He has no experience. She's the most experienced candidate in, you know, in American history. But I would argue that having a lifetime dealing with the biggest contractors in the world is the best training that there is for dealing with government. <laughs> but yeah. that's just me. Um, and I would probably, you know, everybody's just, everybody's got an opinion. And it's just one of those things that, especially where you're living, I feel my, you have my sympathies because you're right. You can't mm-hmm. say anything. You, you can't say anything. And unfortunately there's not even anything to argue to get them to listen. So um, if anything, I think it's a good thing because it's pushed everybody of a like mind online and it's right. made them create communities and find the best arguments and push them around and circulate them. And it's created all of these brand new media outlets on the right. It's done a lot of really great things. It's, it's caused us to actually be able to create some kind of, um, you know, it's it's caused us to be able to get together, and uh, and I think what that is causing is it's a, making a lot of other people online that not, wouldn't have necessarily believed in the same things be exposed to them. And I know that's what I since that's what I do for a living is yeah. digital marketing. It's all about. I run the marketing department for One for Israel, um, uh-huh. the largest uh, pro-Israel charity in the world. And a lot of what we do is just we make videos. We make videos explaining 
uh, Messianic Judaism and all, answering all of these different questions in the Bible, and that's what we do now. That's how we evangelize. We make videos about stuff, and we put them on YouTube, and we advertise, and we circulate, and they end up getting in front of millions and millions of people, and it's if anything, it's a blessing. So I say every time they try to push us out of the town square, push us out of the meeting hall, and push us off the soapbox, they push us together, and we end up, you know, like a snowball downhill. We just gain traction. And then people who feel disenfranchised have a group that's already established to reason with. You see it over and over with people like James Damore and Lindsay Shepard and uh, Brett Weinstein, people who would never have agreed with us, but now are sympathetic to our cause because they know now they know that we they have a sympathetic audience with us. That people aren't um, people on our side aren't hateful, bigoted, or waiting to just tear people down or have some kind of weird fourth Reich. So I say let them keep doing what they're doing because it's put Donald Trump in the White House and it's put um, it's put <laughs> it gave us the Senate and the House. And it's given us walk away and a lot of great media outlets. So it seems to only have a, a good effect on us. So maybe yeah. God's on our side. Who knows? <laughs> one of the things that you said, this is my last question. One of the things that you said is that no matter who you talk to in the left center or left, if they have a system whereby they speak down to you and they take the moral high ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, Don't it, you love it, that? It, 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 <laughs> Oh, I do love it, you know, because I'm, I'm subject to it all the time here in this particular state. And the thing of it is, is that they have no, they have no logic system. It's a, it's an all about beliefs, almost as if it's a religion. They have a mm-hmm. belief that you it is a religion. Change. Don't be fooled. It is a religion. Yeah. It's a cult, yeah. I think, so, Al. Well, well I, I, think, I think that it is as well. But, so, but Fred knows it very well. I take the, I go on the offensive. And I attack them for the way their lifestyle. And I say, this is what you're doing with your life. Can you please explain this to me? Because I, I was sort of an infiltrator into left-wing groups about five or six years ago. Just to see what they were about. Progressive Democrats of America, Americans for Democracy, those kinds of groups. To see exactly what they were talking about. After a while, I had to just avoid the situation because I just couldn't stand that biting my tongue. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything further except, you know, uh, observe. And but what what I found is that it's very difficult to change a belief. In fact, it's almost impossible. Uh, and I think that a lot of these souls here, at least in Maryland and and in New York and even in Connecticut, Massachusetts, simply will never change. We just have to let them, you know, fall into the dust and continue to move forward. That's just I don't want to save them. I mean, I can't. What do you think? Is there any way, any point of doing that? Well, I think as we I think as we progress through time, it's going to manifest itself in a in a much more secretive way, kind of almost the way. I mean, walk away. It's what walk away is doing, but walk away just decided to be public about it. Um, but it's just people who are slowly disenfranchised. It's sometimes it's a simple when you watch the walk away videos online. Sometimes it's something as simple as just. Um, hearing one CNN news report that was false. And then that's just that broke the camel's back. Um, and a lot of times it's people who are very gun ho and very die hard. And then in a matter of months, they've, they've flipped uh, because the key, one of the key components that they're basing their entire belief system on crumbled because somebody said something or somebody did something or an idol, you know, whatever that me too girl that's now accused of, 
sexual harassment. You know, it's something that they base their belief system on that starts to crumble, and they're not going to be public about it. They're going to be quiet about it because usually your entire friend circles and your family all feel the same, but they'll voice their opinion when they go in the ballot box. And that's one of the reasons we got Donald Trump is people didn't want to broadcast it. Not everybody does. But when they went in the booth, they just saw two different Americas and they pulled the lever for one of them. Um, So I really do think that it's going to change. It's going to take some time. But at the rate of progression that the left is going right now, if we're looking at it like a graph over time, it's shooting straight up. And that can only only hold itself for so long without, you know, causing instability within people's own factions. So that can only sustain itself so long, which means if we stay steady and reasonable and fact-based, and we don't get ridiculous, and we don't get into conspiracy theories or fringe off or do anything insane, or or even sometimes, you know, even if we don't give Donald Trump a pass for something that maybe morally we wouldn't give normal people a pass for, it's okay to criticize. That's fine. It's okay to do that. But if we stay how we are and because we're already at the level where everyone is accepting and loving. No one hates anybody. It's nothing to do with race or sexual orientation. And especially the younger conservatives coming up right now, they have no qualms about gay marriage to them. It's sort of like how Donald Trump sees it. It's settled. We already voted. It's done. We don't want to talk about it anymore. So um, we just have to stay at the level that we're at and just catch them as they fall off the edge of the cliff, catch them in a nice pillowy, cocoon of warmth and niceness and facts and reason so i guess that's all i can really think to do about it other than other than substitute teaching in local high schools and middle schools by teaching civics and economics that is another thing you can do to really change your community that's a great idea Did he share with share with Shell uh, the link to the American uh, the the media group that? Uh, oh, the American intelligent the American intelligence media has uh, postings every day, and then they have Patriots for Truth, and they'll if you subscribe, they'll give you Truth News bits. It's a bunch of different things, but every time they have a posting of Trump tweets which is usually every other day unless they're working on some deep research. They they're really one of the best resource resources I think for the for the truth in in this whole thing. They cover a lot of areas and they have a lot of vetting that goes on with huge groups of people before they post. And um but if uh yeah, if you go through americanintelligencemedia.com or .org, you can get hooked up to the to the Trump tweets and uh it's really a treat. I really enjoy it very much and i look at other things too but um yeah so you might check that out you i think you'll find it interesting sure absolutely don you have Rand paul down there shell so uh yes yeah of, i i did i actually got to meet him a couple months ago i met him and uh the president oh you're kidding wow <laughs> oh yeah one of the uh, yeah, I did. Um, we, one of the political groups I'm involved in, um, we hosted Rand Paul for a speech that he gave, which was really great. And then um, Trump was here in Nashville, and it was shortly after the uh, the Jerusalem thing, the embassy, excuse me. Yeah. And 
so I actually got to go to the rally and present a gift on behalf of on behalf of the people of Israel to say thank you for the embassy. So that was actually pretty cool. Oh, you mean wow. you, got to, you got to present the gift to to Donald Trump? Yeah, it was wild, oh <laughs> and God. he was wow. very in wow. character. <laughs> Oh, I bet that was great for you. How fun is that? So is he larger than life in person? <laughs> exactly, exactly what you would think. Um, he held up like one of the t-shirts and it's like, oh, isn't that a beautiful shirt? And then he said, um, he said to one of the guys standing behind him, he goes, I told you that they'd love it. I told you. Oh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's he, great. Like, referring to, he was referring to the people of, of Israel. He's like, I told you they'd love it. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So, um, you know, it, it's one of those things, though, where I try to remind people that this is a this really is a once in a lifetime thing that we're going through. And he's a very unique person and he's made it very clear that he's going to continue to be who he is and not be censored or scripted. So, um, you know, people keep trying to say that it, it all comes from the top and he sets the tone and this and this and that. And I think that that's just trying to escape responsibility for your own actions because he's just one president. He's going to be a distant memory one day, like they all were. And, you know, there's going to be lots of books written about it and it'll be referenced a lot in history, but it's just one person. There's never going to be another Donald Trump. So um, I keep trying to tell people, just take responsibility for yourself and your own actions. Take the president seriously, but not literally. And you know, don't watch so much news and try to read a book about history. And usually, usually when you read a book about American history or any history, really, you see reflections of your own society in them. And that can be the biggest lesson of all. Yeah. And, you know, the woman I met. In, oh, I'm sorry, Fred. The woman I met in the bookstore, uh, you know, at the end of our conversation, you just reminded me of this. She looked at me, she said, well, I don't really think he gives a, a, you know, a rat's anything about, about the people. And I looked at her and I said, no, that is absolutely not true. I said, I've watched him carefully. I have this gift. If I, if I'm with someone or I watch them, I receive things about them. And I said, I'm very keen on energy. And I know that he is coming from a heart centered place that he actually does really care and she seemed to be convinced by my comment that maybe she was looking at it. She said, I can't stand to watch him, though. I said, well, I felt that same way about Obama. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay, Fred, go ahead. Thanks, Shell. No, uh, no Trump, uh, for example, had Omarosa, the, the wicked witch of the, uh, the Apprentice show, uh, inside the White House, which kind of shows He's very open to exposing himself uh, to all kinds of all kinds of feedback, all kinds of maybe potential threats or potential benefits. So well, he's he's, he's loyal. Uh, That's his thing, though. Yeah. He's loyal, so he, right. he it's always he always makes it evident that you know if you ride by him, he rides by you, and he'll stick with you until you don't stick with yeah. him anymore. So. Um, so if anything, I think it, the way he behaves in the White House should be proof to everyone else, especially on the yeah. left, that if you were ever looking for a president more desperate to work with people on the other side of the aisle and open to people who would actually be open to him, now's your chance to try to get something done. Oh, good point. Wow. Well, uh, Shell, thank you so much. Uh, we could go on and on, but uh, we're going to wrap this. <laughs> 
for an hour. Sure. It's been a great presentation, right to the point. We thank you, Al Jordan, Dee great comments. Uh, we'll have this uh, shell available on uh, on audio on audio link by a talk show. You can share that uh, with your friends and on on other platforms. And let's just stay in stay in touch. This is not this is a chapter, a story that'll keep keep unfolding in our world. And uh, let's just hope we can all be in that green field with the sun shining and the birds and the bees and the music and everyone else. You know, we can all come together and and really uh, get a chance to really celebrate that house, as you say, on the hill, instead of it being bum-rushed, to hold it up and protect it for what it is, a divinely providential opportunity for mankind to receive and share the virtues of freedom, liberty, and the truth with one another. So with that... Well, preserving uh, our country is the only way that we're going to be able to continue to help millions of people across this this earth. So that's why it's so important. If this country goes down, that's it. That's the whole game that they want this, this country to be destroyed because if that happens, it's a black hole. Everything goes down in with it. it, it and so we, we have to protect that. So uh, Trump is providing a lot of hope for, for me and for a lot of us on this call. Uh, we weren't expecting this, but he is certainly paving a, a, a very bold path uh, to making America great again. So, Shell, thank you so much for coming on our show. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. We'll stay in touch, and I'll send you the link. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dee. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Betty Bye. And everyone else. Take care. Bye. God good, bless. Good luck, Joe. We'll Thank everyone. All right. That's all right. Thanks, Dee. Thanks, Chris. U N American Underground Network.